0: Welcome, everybody, to Almost Current Events with Dead and Snitch. I'm Dead. I'm Snitch. Before we get into today's episode, a little disclaimer. Logic and honesty make us far too controversial for enraged ears. If you have an uncontrollable propensity to believe unfounded or erroneous claims, this podcast is not for you. Example, we only discuss the actual well-documented evidence of things like Bigfoot crashing Nesty's 400th birthday bash or the recent upset at the Area 51 Olympics where the gray people beat the lizard people at water polo for the first time in 22 years. All right, everybody, today we're going to do an episode all about the national debt, more of a uh, historical episode than a current events episode, but it does tie into a lot of things happening in Washington right now, I think. Anyway, that being said, before we get into it, uh, how have you been, Snitch?
1: Well, Deb, I've been um, pretty good, enjoying some time with the family uh, as a result of the holidays. Uh, In fact, we just left uh, um, a farm where we had a chance to do a little bit of hiking. The kids got a chance to chase around the chickens. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. And um, just talk about things having to do with uh, the earth. And fun thing is one of the guys that was there is uh, he is um, what's it called? He is an archaeologist by trade. So every time meeting up with him, there's always something that
0: he wants to tell us about
1: the earth or topography and so it's just fun we had a good time
0: yeah that's cool that's cool yeah i um i used to chase around chickens a lot when i was a kid but it wasn't by choice
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> was it because
1: you were planning for your um for your um you know um your boxing career
0: no no, no. it was, it was <laughs> much more necessary than that they provided eggs Ah, well, (laughs) of course. (laughs) (laughs) So I had had to go chase them off their nest and grab the eggs. There you go. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, but yeah, well, we've, we've been having a pretty good week as well. Pretty slow, you know, coming down off of the Christmas holidays and, uh, got a whole bunch of junk in my house from all the grandparents and everything. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. My kids. So we threw away a bunch of toys right before their birthday, which was in November. And now we have about twice as many as we got rid of. So, um, yeah, I need a bigger house.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
0: but no, it's been fun. They've, I've gotten yeah. to spend a lot of time with them. Work is pretty slow this time of year for us. So uh, I've just been sitting back and enjoying it as much as I can. That's awesome. Anyway, to uh, speak about our topic tonight, I'm going to give a little bit of history about the national debt. Ooh, and yeah. uh, just to get our brains flowing, do you know when the last year was that our national debt actually went down one dollar?
1: Ha You know, since you ask, it's got to be a trick question of sorts, or it's got to be shocking answer. So I am going to guess that it was not yesterday (laughs) or or, or the last, you know, uh, 10, 15 years. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a rock into this big leg and say maybe it was about 50 years ago.
0: Uh, you're not far off, not by a whole lot. It was 1957, so 63 years ago. Amazing. Um, and that's an individual year. That's not over the course of like a four-year presidency term or anything. That is just the last single year that we knocked any amount of money off of our national debt. In mm-hmm. fact, in 1957, we were about $273 billion in debt. That number has increased by 10,000% or 100 times. We're at <laughs> seven trillion dollars in debt Amazing And uh, anyway To get into the details of this um, First of all you hear these things When people say they don't want to spend money In Washington they're immediately labeled as a Deficit hawk well what the deficit Is just means that we spend more money Than we take in in tax Revenue mm-hmm. and that has happened every single Consecutive year since 1957 um, Now There's a lot of different trains of thought about this. Um, Since we got off the gold standard years ago, um, our money really hasn't been backed by much. So there's a lot of talk about the GDP to debt ratio. I'm sure you've probably heard that said by political pundits and things. Um, But those numbers don't look that much better for us right now. In 1981, we had a 31% debt to GDP ratio. We're not sure what the final numbers are going to be this year. They're going to be pretty high, it looks like. But uh, we have been over 100% debt-to-GDP ratio since 2012. Wow. And to put that in even more in perspective, okay, so we've been over 100% in debt for the last eight years. The last time we were over 100% of our debt-to-GDP ratio was during World War II, and it only lasted three years, and then they started taking care of it again as we saw the economy start to rise. So what do all these numbers mean for the average American? Well, it means that uh, your politicians are very fiscally irresponsible. They're like a teenager with a credit card. Mm. And the funny thing I find, and this is why people don't trust Washington, is uh, they haven't managed to balance a budget or handle the deficit or knock anything off of our national debt for any reason in the last 63 years, but the only times they start screaming about deficit Hawks and not wanting to give out money is when it's for us. Isn't that something? (laughs) I mean, I I understand why people are angry. It's like, there are a few actual, what you would call deficit Hawks up on the Hill. Uh, Rand Paul's one, you know, he, he was, against big bloated spending bills but most of them are absolutely fine with handing defense contractors more money handing you know uh social services more money whatever it is that buys them the votes that they're aiming for Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to actually handing out a check they they tend to get pretty tight
1: yeah we're living in that space right now aren't we
0: we are we are and that's why it's I, i thought this would be an interesting uh topic for today now i and i've mentioned this in previous episodes i'm not a big fan of big spending ever. I am a very traditional person when it comes to personal debt and national debt. I don't like to be in debt. Debt compounds interest. You see things like going from 273 billion to 27 trillion over the course of 63 years. If you don't handle it, it just gets out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some other thoughts now that we don't really have a current, like a hard currency based economy, which we have our monetary system, which we haven't in a long time that does the deficit even really matter? Um, well, yeah, it does because of uh, yeah. the more in debt we are, the less we can handle big problems when they come up like this pandemic and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. We have people screaming deficit and you know, uh, <laughs> we don't want to spend any more money and we don't want to do this. Well, we don't have any stores of money to spend. So yeah, I mean, we just have to take out more debt. Um, our credit rating dropped as a country during the last uh, recession back in mm. 08, no 9. I believe the actual rating a worldwide drop from a triple A to a double A plus sometime during that period, might have been 2011. But that affects our credit worldwide, that affects it's just like you, you know, going out and over-indebting yourself and then your credit score drops. Right. So well, um
1: uh, let me I guess mm-hmm. I, I've got some uh, basic questions to ask and maybe mm-hmm. some of our listeners will have some of the same questions. There's obviously a few on the hill who were resistant to the idea of, you know, um, providing more than the six hundred dollar uh, stimulus amount for each um, American citizen? Yes, uh, Can, quite quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. So, would those would those um, senators and congressmen would they be considered the deficit hawks? You know, what what's their what's driving what? their decision to not? provide more than 600
0: there's quite a few reasons many of them political don't even really have to do with the deficit um Mm. there are a couple of actual deficit hawks on the hill that whine anytime they spend money and i kind of (laughs) applaud those people because they're not hypocrites the vast majority of the rest of them are they are Mm. hypocrites Mm. they a group of defense contractors wrote one letter to congress and they got in the the uh spending bill Mm. but uh But, you know, it took 80 percent of the American people and two senators standing up before they even talked about the six hundred dollar checks again. How about that? Um, That wasn't even in the bill until Bernie and Holly held up their Christmas. So um, Mm -hmm. that kind of hypocrisy when they're willing to spend on everything else and have to be forced to do it to the actual taxpayer who pays these taxes to them, Mm -hmm. enrages the American people. It makes me upset. Here's the thing. I don't like spending, but it's a better idea. To send money to the people who actually pay the bills, than it is to just dole it out to everybody else and expect the taxpayers to be happy with the crumbs. Now, when it comes to political motivation, there are some interesting dynamics on the Hill. Of course, as soon as President Trump uh, mentioned the $2,000 checks, you have all the Democrats who are perfectly fine with massive amounts of spending jump straight on board. You know, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi takes it and runs with it, and she can point the finger at the Senate uh, Republicans again. Um, And to a vast degree, uh, the senators are, they are being hypocritical because they were perfectly fine dropping trillions of dollars on other things.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the question begs now, would they be so quick to pour out millions and millions of dollars to all these other foreign entities and other programs, but not for the American people? Is it
0: because there is some benefit to them? Well, I mean that that is a very multi multifaceted question in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have first of all, uh, they're fine bailing out Wall Street. They've done that multiple times yeah. over the course of quite a few years, sure. um, and those are their big donors and such. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they still want to present this, you know, fiscal responsibility kind of aspect in their role in government. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to just hand out checks like Romney doesn't want to just hand out a bunch of checks to everybody. You know, he's fine helping out his corporate buddies but not the american people as Mm. a whole Mm. and i'm not calling him out specifically there's a lot of them that sound like that they use the same rhetoric but they aren't consistent in their message and it's all who they're pandering to on a political scale now right now the one thing that could pressure senate republicans to actually somewhat concede this two thousand dollar thing would be the georgia senate race
1: Mm. The
0: $2,000 thing is such a popular idea among the American people that it will cost them votes in that race if they don't at least give it a vote on the floor, give it some hearsay kind of thing, Yeah, Um, which uh, McConnell did, uh, he did announce that they would be voting on overriding the veto for the NDAA tomorrow.
1: Right, Um, Right, I heard that.
0: But uh, he he kind of pushed off the whole let's vote on two thousand dollar checks thing, and I mm-hmm. watched of that Senate hearing, um, or floor debate, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I mean it's just them showing their true colors because Mitch McConnell still wants to be able to present himself as a fiscal conservative next year, but now he's weighing that between losing the Senate. Yeah, and he wasn't even willing to weigh that when it meant losing the presidency. Hmm. <laughs> but he doesn't want to lose his power in the Senate. You know, right. he, he's fine Which, with Trump leaving. He just wants to hold the Senate. So yeah. um, we're going to see some interesting pander on the floor. Um, he paid lip service to the president's request on the floor today, uh, but still didn't allow the vote to come up yet. So uh, or, or into the, I don't even believe it was in the schedule for tomorrow, whereas the NDAA bill was. I see. I see it's that. deep-seated rhetoric that they're being hypocritical about because they're willing to help their buddies and not help the people who actually foot the bill. And this is let me get off on a complete aside about debt. Mm-hmm. If you look at this as just a straight up basic debt thing. Right. For an individual, it is not wise to overspend your budget every year. You know? Absolutely.
1: Yep. If
0: we overspend our budget every year, eventually we wind up with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we wind up in massive credit card debt, bankruptcy all of these things. So I appreciate when people actually try to handle the bill and actually try to pay off the debt. Unfortunately, nobody has actually managed to do it since 1957.
1: And with that, um, that reference to 1957, you're not necessarily saying that prior to
0: 57, we had... um... Oh, no, no. Uh, (laughs) We haven't seen any real... Lowering of the debt. You know where I'm going. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, we haven't seen any real lowering of the debt since the 20s. There were a few years in between there where go back and forth, you'd have a recession, they tighten the belt, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But no, no, I mean, fiscal responsibility has not been a very good, or a very well practiced policy in any of American politics, as far as I understand
1: yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's they amazing.
0: used to have the gold standard kind of holding them down and holding sure. them accountable, but now they have you know, basically no standard. They just kind of roughly compare it to our GDP.
1: Why, why do you think we went away from the gold standard?
0: Um, I think it was limiting. They wouldn't be able to do this kind of spending. I also yeah. don't know if the finite amount of gold is the best thing to base an economy as large as ours on. I'm okay. not a gold bug like some people, um, mm-hmm. but I do think we should base it on something. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, then, you know, you can just keep spending and spending and spending until there's a hole you can never get out of. And that goes mm-hmm. on an individual level as well. There have been years in my life where I spent more than I made that year, just make ends meet. And then I had to pay for it later.
1: And those are the magic words, pay for it later.
0: And, and- that's exactly it. And I advise anyone who doesn't need the $600 or $2,000 check that they're going to get, whichever it is, mm-hmm. Um to invest it or save it and try to keep up with inflation rates because one day probably mm-hmm. us or our kids or our grandkids are going to need it to pay it back
1: that's great advice that is uh, great
0: if advice. you don't need it if you need it use it you know yeah. um but i i don't recommend going out and buying a tv on a credit card and thinking you're adding to your net worth
1: yeah
0: <laughs> did you say netflix or net worth? <laughs> net worth, oh, net worth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got confused there for a second <laughs> well you can if you went out and spent two thousand dollars on a tv you could be on netflix That's, that's- <laughs> <laughs> you could watch it <laughs> right yeah yeah amazing but I'm, I'm just saying it's if you break these fiscal principles down in my mind and there are a lot of yeah. that go into this but if you're in an emergency you can whip out the credit card to help stave off worse damage you know mm-hmm. Um, for instance, what the government did with the first round of stimulus, PPP was extremely successful, um, Mm -hmm. saved a lot of small businesses, unfortunately, not all of them. Now
1: now remind our listeners what PPP stands for. Uh,
0: that was the paycheck protection program Mm -hmm. for a lot of the small businesses who were very hard hit at the beginning of the year. It was a way for them to keep their employees on the payroll. And if they Mm -hmm. did so, um, then the loan that they got from the, the, small business, uh, bureau or association would, uh, would be forgiven at the end of that. So basically it was a way to keep people in the workforce,
1: mm-hmm.
0: keep them getting their paychecks without them having to get off and get on you know, an unemployment. And now they have to go find employment again, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it was, it was a great program. Uh, worked really well. It didn't last long enough for a lot of companies. Now they're re-upping it, um, with this new bill, there's some money in there for that, but it was a very successful thing. And I would equate that to pulling out a credit card. You know, if you can yeah. keep people in their jobs, then you're staving off worse economic problems next year. You know, right. Um, right? like all these poor, you know, people who have been hurt really bad by this and are on, on, on unemployment. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only do they have to get past this, even if they are getting the unemployment and they are getting assistance, they still are going to have to go out and find another job. Right. So uh, I think PPP was much, much more effective uh, help um, than some of these other things but blanket checks I know it's an extremely popular idea across the country I'm gonna I mean most people aren't going to say no if you hand them six hundred or two thousand dollars but I feel like targeted assistance is is a better way to save our economy than just passing the buck forward which is basically what that does when you give out blanket checks to a Americans. It does, quote unquote, stimulate the economy. It does help some people who need to pay off their credit cards and pay a, pay for bills and buy food for their family. So there are people that will actually help. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people will just go spend it, you know. Yeah. And when they go spend it, it props up Wall Street, big box stores, mostly online shopping. A lot of the local places in some of these states are still closed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, I mean, basically, Wall Street winds up with a lot of it. And Wall Street's not going to be the one to foot the bill. They won't. We will. Yeah. And I'm going to tell our listeners something else. I own two small corporations, not mm-hmm. Wall Street. They're not you know, traded or anything. But <laughs> corporations don't pay taxes. If yeah. you raise taxes on any given corporation, the consumer pays for it. Because, and that goes for my business as well. If my taxes go up, I have to raise my prices in order mm-hmm. to keep feeding my people. So, um, so that's something else to think about.
1: You broke it down really to the basics, you know, anybody who is, has an income, whether it's an allowance
0: or a salary, you simply can't keep spending more than what you make. No. And sadly, a lot of Americans do, a lot of Americans do wind up in bankruptcy court. Mm -hmm. A lot of Americans do go to the rent a TV down the store or Mm -hmm. store down the road and, buy a TV and wind up paying two, three times what they should have for it because they wanted it right then. It doesn't mean that people won't do it. It doesn't mean that Congress doesn't hand out a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. It's just going into more debt without targeting it to actually help is not a good long-term strategy.
1: Gotcha. I have a question also regarding, and it's just something I just thought of, but what about social security? Do you think the social security and its lack of solvency for the future has anything to do with this ridiculous amount of spending that we've been doing?
0: Well, no, I'm a, let's get into that. A lot of people call Social Security, Medicare, things like that, entitlements. Technically, they're not. Mm-hmm. Social, some things are. Social mm-hmm. Security is not. That is something that the government promised they would invest mm-hmm. your money and pay you back down the road. So defunding social security, I mean, yes, it's putting us into massive amounts of debt, but you're breaking a promise to generations of people that yeah. trusted you to yeah. keep them financially secure. Now, the American people may have put their trust in the wrong group of people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather be able to invest my own money than pay it all off to social security. But yeah, it, it is part of the massive spending bills. These, these bills, I mean, some of these bureaucracies and things we've set up, cost us immense amounts of money and now we're kind of tied to them because i mean even me yeah i don't like the way social security was set up and stuff but i wouldn't take it away from the people who've been paying into it their whole lives
1: yeah Um, and that's the thing i I don't
0: think that would be right you've been Um, paying into it and so you're yeah yeah i mean just because they mismanaged the money after they promised you a return on it that that doesn't make it the the american person's fault you know the american citizen's fault that that is solely on the shoulders of Congress and how they mismanage funds. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, people call that an entitlement. I do not consider Social Security an entitlement because it is something that you actually pay into your whole life. Sure, yeah. Now, there, there are other things we could talk about that are entitlements. We can talk about the absolute mess of a healthcare system that we have continued to drag around for years and try to fix and make it worse and then try oh. to make it better. And it goes back and forth. We should try to make it more streamlined and stuff. I just don't know if the American people are ready for another attempt to mess with our health care system.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a bear right now. And um, <laughs> it needs overhaul. I think everyone it, oh, agrees.
0: I, yeah, no, it definitely needs something. It, it's, it spends too much. It's very hard to navigate. I mean, mm. and here, here's the thing. We had an example of the government trying to handle something like this, and it's called the VA. And we still trusted them to set up one for the rest of us. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I mean, I you have they, to point at the obvious hypocrisy when they're like, oh, no, no, we got this. We got this. But they've already messed up other things that are supposed to do the same sure. thing for other people. Um, yeah.
1: The lesson I think is that that needs to be learned is that if we continue to create vacuums for uh, the federal government, state government, whatever the case may be to swoop in and take care of things that we're not handling well, it's not going to turn up in our favor.
0: Well, no. And and every time they make the bold move of sending out more stimulus or it's that you're handing more power to the central government in Washington, yeah. you're giving more power, spending power, vote-buying yeah. power mm. to the same group of people we're all angry at. Yeah. And, and when they move in, they move in to stay. Oh yeah, look at—I mean, we talked about how long McConnell and and uh, Pelosi and Biden have all been up there together. Hey, y'all mm-hmm. should go check out that episode if you haven't heard it. I was watching the Senate debate today, and I was just like, man, all of these people are old, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so interesting. they've been up there forever. You you have to practically kick them out the of office before. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. so so yes i I am concerned about the national debt i understand that 2020 is a weird year and there have been Mm -hmm. times when yes we need congress to step up and save an infrastructure step up and do this but the, the fact of the matter is the last four years we have been more in debt than ever and we've also been at a worse like gdp to debt ratio since the second world war so it but it doesn't help if you're already that much in debt and then you have a pandemic.
1: Sure, that just adds to the... So yeah. it's not necessarily like our GDP isn't going down necessarily. It's just no, that. our
0: GDP is shooting up like crazy. They cut taxes, cut regulation, stock yeah. market's growing, and yeah. we're still managing to overspend it. <laughs> it's like, And, a, and yeah. by the way, I'm a fan of Reagan, but the same thing mm-hmm. happened under him. Ah, look at that. He came in, cut spending, or cut taxes, didn't cut spending, cut taxes, decreased regulation. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of him, but he still managed to overspend a booming economy. And they have managed to do that, whether it's in a recession or a booming you know, economy every year for 63 years. Amazing. So I just caution the American people. I know $600, $2,000 check, very tempting. Yes, of course, everybody wants a check, you know. But uh, just just know that there are consequences to getting this in debt. We're a hundred times more in debt than we were then. And it's only wonder, been 63 years.
1: You know, the you mentioned something about targeted distribution of funds. It makes so much sense, but I think the question is, how do you even do it, you know? Well, and
0: that that's another thing, and it does make it difficult. Of course, you can point to programs like, you know, WIC, SNAP, those kind of things that actually help people with food. Mm-hmm. Um, you can mm-hmm. point to unemployment, which we have, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. those are people who obviously either lost their jobs, you know, yep. <laughs> or they've lost their that's job. True. Um, so that's one way to target relief. Um, and then maybe even just setting up like a, a system where you can go in and say, Hey, I lost my job. This happened. My income has dropped by this much. I'm this far back on my rent, you know, and it's not my fault. It's your fault. Cause you told me yeah. to stay at home. And, uh, I, and that's the thing. And as much as, yeah, I mean, if I get a $2,000 check, I've, I'll use it. I'm not going to send it back. I've paid more than that in taxes. But I find it funny that they have to be so hard pressed to send back to the taxpayer when you don't have to press them so hard to help out other people. Yeah. And uh, to continue the analogy of like the, we were talking about, you know, whipping your credit card out to pay a water bill or something when you really needed it, or just buying a TV on a credit card, which doesn't make as much sense, but people do it. The pork stuff, that's Mm. like buying a foreign gamer, a gaming system, Mm -hmm. even though he doesn't like you. Now I understand foreign aid and and like targeted foreign aid to people who actually need it and such. But if you study some of this stuff and the history of where these people spend their money, a lot of them aren't our friends. And uh, I mean, the grossest thing about all of this is it's not you or me whipping out our credit card to help a foreign gamer that we don't like. Yeah. It's the fact that Congress thinks, oh, well, it's not my credit card and has no problem in someone else if they think it'll gain them clout with said foreign gamer.
1: Right. But they're whipping out our credit cards out they, of our pockets.
0: Exactly. They have no problem with that. that. That's the grossest thing of all of it. They're not willing to give us our money back, but they're willing to go spend abroad. And by the way, that was not the same technical bill, the spending bill and the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, aid bill—they were all lumped together in a big omnibus thing that went to uh, President Trump. That was, you know, the foreign aid yeah, stuff was actually part of it. There was spending. a lot
1: of conflation with the with, with all of these bills. You know, the defense bill, and people were asking, "Well, what about this?" Uh, "Oh no, that's the other bill." And what about the uh, insurrection? <laughs> "Oh no, no, it wasn't that COVID bill. It was the other thing." And people actually—they were,
0: so- were all sent up in like this big giant omnibus bill. So yeah. technically, it was still kind of the same bill. It's just. Uh-huh different sections kind of anyway <laughs> right so yeah. it, here's a, you know
1: something another question for you when i hear of these um probes into who's in bed with russia or who's in bed with ukraine or china those are very serious things it's it's tantamount to treason in some if yes all of what's alleged is true right on the other hand, when we talk about this bill and all the spending and all the foreign nation states, it makes you wonder. Well, is that just the way things are? Um, is that the way of of, uh, of our of our Congress to make buddies with people of foreign countries in order so that they can get kickbacks and and uh, line their wallets? Because well, maybe everybody's doing it.
0: Well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of lobbying groups and consulting firms and such that sit up there in Washington and have the ear of a lot of these politicians. And it would beg to reason that some of them are being hired by some of these foreign nations, or at least to speak on their behalf, or at least to help them navigate American Mm -hmm. politics. Mm -hmm. There's quite a few of people on K street that aren't registered lobbyists that do things like this. Mm. Um, So yeah, I mean, they're up there and anyway. I'm not going to go too far into that because I don't want to, you know, accidentally say something that isn't true, mm. but, uh, but there, there are firms up there that deal with foreign nations and try to help yeah. them understand politics and try to yeah. get them meetups with the president And there. <laughs> and of course, foreign nations actually reach out to presidents and stuff as well and try to smooth them. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, right. America is a very wealthy, comfy co- country. Yeah. We yeah. give money to other countries, Makes sense that they want to be friends with us, you know, <laughs>
1: thank you and so then the question is well where's the line there's got to be a line and is it an arbitrary is it a hard line it can nothing in life is like that so at what point are you doing something within the the propriety of proper handling of foreign uh entities and at what point do you cross that line and suddenly now you're in bed
0: with them well and uh yeah, I, I don't know if there is a defined line, mm-hmm. Snitch. Um, the way I understand it and the way they justify giving mm-hmm. all these countries money is we are trying to build relations with them. We are trying to uh, help them build their militaries or build up something so that they can, in turn, watch for us in given areas throughout the world. Sure. Hasn't sure. always worked out that way in our favor, however. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so I, I questioned the idea altogether that we should just be doling out money to foreign nations. If it's humanitarian aid or something mm-hmm. to that effect, I can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think we should be helping other nations' militaries as much as we do.
1: Yeah, so, and the rhetoric of America First is something that we've been hearing for the past four years, maybe five years, and it's resonated with a, with, with a majority
0: of Americans. Oh, there's an Merle Haggard song from back in 2008 about it. Uh, it was called "It Was on Chicago Wind" album, mm-hmm. very bluesy album for Merle Haggard. But it was called uh, "Rebuild America First. I and so that. the rhetoric has been there. Uh, Trump latched onto it and stormed the White House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, and I mean, there's there's truth to it. You can drive around this country and see like failing infrastructure. Why are we mm-hmm. sending all this money overseas? You know, right? Failing. Right. Structure, why are we propping up wall street you know it's like yeah. and, and so
1: you know i, I kind of understand how we got in this this mess this fix you know with the um the foreign threats uh, world war i guess i don't know who started when it started but whenever we decided to get involved in the other parts of this world to protect america's interests and set up bases here and there and everywhere to keep an eye on things to uh, again protect our interests and mm-hmm. make sure that these um Weird little people wouldn't start popping up unmonitored Ho Chi Minh, you know, Stalin, Hitler, and the list goes on. So I kind of understand how we got there, but it just snowballed.
0: I, it I just... Believe it, And I think the wars and what's going on in the Middle East kind of shows how foreign interference can go wrong, you know, mm, yeah. because we went in during the Cold War and, and such and just wound up. For a while, they'd hate us. For a while, they'd like us. It depended yeah. on which border you were on which side of, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, bought them a bunch of guns and stuff. Some of them turned around, used them against us. It just shows like how sometimes foreign interference isn't the best idea. Yes. I understand control, you know, doing things in the nat- national interest. Mm-hmm. If you have a country that doesn't like you helps to have some bases yeah. on their border you know, yeah. and some allies close by and some allies close by, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm armchairing it. I'm not in a position to make these kind of decisions. I haven't no. seen the intel these people have seen. I've just seen them do a pretty poor job of it at times. And right. I think a lot of the American people haven't. I think that's why we all get upset when they're like, oh yeah, we'll spend all this on pork. Here's your 600 bucks.
1: Yeah, but you know, even from an armchair perspective, the average American looks at it and says, okay, something's not adding up. Yeah, what about sure. us? You guys seem to care more about them than you do us. So I don't know if, um, Congress put all of those bills and tacked them all together with a stapler and sent it up to the president's desk on purpose with a political angle in mind, but it, I think it's backfired.
0: Well, it, it kind of backfired there for a minute and he made a big stink about it. He did eventually sign it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, 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 uh, not
1: before, but not before highlighting it to the American people. Oh, he I did,
0: did bring, bring it out. And he did yeah. point out those things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of him being like, hey, we should all get $2,000 checks. You know, that was kind of the one part of the thing where I was kind of cringing, being like, you know, could we just give it to the people that need it and not spend mm-hmm. what we don't have to? I agree mm-hmm. with all the pork. Take the pork out. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean we have to spend a whole lot more money. You know, Because <laughs> <laughs> even if you took all the that pork out of those bills, by the way, it wouldn't pay for the $2,000 checks. Yeah. Good. So... Yeah. you know i i am perfectly fine you know if they just wanted to nix the whole bill and shut the government down for a while and just give us all of our tax money back for a couple of years unfortunately our country doesn't work that way but
1: <laughs> nice thought though
0: <laughs> it's a nice thought isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, yeah i could go with the year without paying taxes which this this money is apparently non-taxable so good yeah. good won't, won't mess up all of our tax plans for the year for those of us who have them mhm but, what uh,
1: about uh, 2019's uh, NDAA
0: bill? And Oh, I believe it passed. I don't remember any rhetoric about it.
1: Right. And the reason why I ask is because something tells me it's it probably isn't much um, different than the one we're looking at in 2020.
0: Well, yeah, and there were actually some things under... The NDAA that uh, I was listening to these senators talking about, and it would be things that Trump would kind of like. I don't know all the exact wording, the things 5,500, or excuse me, that's the omnibus bill. I don't know how long the NDAA bill is. Okay. But okay. Um, there were, there were some things in it. He probably would have liked, there were some harder like sh- restrictions on China. Um, look, uh, there were, there were a few things that they mentioned that it sounds like it would be things president would like to be funded. Mm-hmm. um but he all, it did not have anything about uh, section 230 in it and the big tech yeah. guys which he has been pushing for a while and he wanted mm-hmm. to point that back in their faces had the stuff about changing the base names which he's been against you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean there were obvious things in it that they probably were either just trying to sneak it by him or just force him to sign you know um just because <laughs> you know they yeah in their minds and so it's just kind of like you know he really doesn't have that much to say about it and ultimately they did get their way other than the fact that he pointed out the flaws and got the american people mad at all of the people who don't want to send them two thousand (laughs) dollar checks
1: that was a very clever move some may say well it's uh (laughs) it's kind of uh not completely straight but it was a good move and i think it he he was successful in, in getting that the message he wanted to cross so i feel like they're playing chess with each other you know
0: and yeah and well he he threw a kink in their works and mm-hmm. um and i mean he he honestly in my mind as much as i don't like spending bills and such he did do the right thing by signing it because there mm-hmm. were a lot of people who hurried. oh yay it passed the senate and then it got held mm-hmm. up on unemployment and things. I'm not just talking about the $600 checks at this yes, point. There are a lot understand. of people on unemployment that wouldn't be, you know, continuing to get that little bit of extra money to help them out and such. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that he signed it is going to help those people, you know, and the yeah. Sna- and the people on Snap and, and sure. things like that.
1: And obviously it's not only about $600 for every American citizen. It's all the other things that are um, relief related.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, there were some good things in there. Like I said, I think PPP was one of the best programs we've ever tried in a situation like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there was more in there for that. And uh, yeah, and unemployment, some of the other things I mentioned. So he, he, I think he did the right thing finally signing it there at the end. I think he just wanted to show them his displeasure and show the American people his displeasure. And he did that very well.
1: Yeah. And being the populist president that he is, when he speaks, he speaks on the behalf of a vast majority of American people and there's his
0: appeal. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the media is going to cover it because it put a stink in everything, you know? (laughs) So he's, he he was on the airwaves with that little, like four or five minute speech for a long time over that weekend. Yeah, it (laughs) wasn't,
1: it wasn't a long speech at all. Like you said, it was less than five minutes, but it definitely highlighted the things that, uh, yeah, he called it disgraceful and Mm -hmm. that, that resonates with a lot of people, but getting back to the deficit and when do you predict this house of cards will come
0: uh, falling. Well, if if we wound up in another world war, I think we'd fall apart right away because we don't have oh, we don't have a uh, we don't have a store to fall back on, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if we could be that powerhouse that the world needs like we were in mm-hmm. World War Two, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. World War One. Because even before we got into those wars, we were helping the allies you know Mm -hmm. and uh and so so if something like that happened like i mentioned um when i was talking about the debt to gdp ratio it's the highest right now that it has been since world war ii and we're in a time of relative peace and i'm not talking about this past year when we're having to deal with the pandemic Mm -hmm. i'm talking about the previous three years when we were having a booming economy and it's still overspending it to that degree Mm -hmm. um as for a timeline it they can continue to kick the can down the road for a while i've heard some things in uh Modern monetary theory, things like that, that basically just say um, inflation uh, will be our downfall if we ever create more money than like our country can support um, with work and actual produce and, uh, and spending, you know, mm-hmm. um, I haven't looked into that too much. I'm not a huge fan of modern monetary theory, but it, they can kick the can down the road for a while. They've done it for 63 years. And, uh, but it has been on a steady decline since, uh, with our GDP ratio, at least since, uh, 81. And, uh, cause we were at 31%, I believe at that time, I think I mentioned that at the beginning, but, uh, but we have been on a very steady and pretty rapid decline when you consider that's about 40 years, you know, right. um, from the point to where we're from 30% to over a hundred percent in by 2012. Mm-hmm. So uh, as for a timeline, I don't know, Um, since the currency isn't really backed by much of anything, as long as the American people uh, still believe in it, it'll probably still continue to have some value. Um, Also, you really do have to look at inflation because uh, this money doesn't just appear, you know, what kind of does. When we did the last spending bill, the CARES Act back Mm in uh, March, April, basically what the Senate or what the Congress did was tell the Treasury to order up X amount of trillions of dollars in debt from the Fed. So the Fed changes some numbers in everybody's bank accounts, changes you know stuff around, and we add trillions of dollars to our debt. I believe about five this year so far. And so what that does is, the more you increase money in circulation, the less valuable the money that's already there becomes. This exactly. is what we all know as inflation. But this, this is the idea of inflation. The more they increase that, now what that does is it really hurts you as an individual if you have savings because yeah, your savings do generally don't keep up with inflation in most bank accounts. So yeah, every time they much. double the money supply, your $1,000 is now worth 500 Your 500 yeah. is worth 250 actual spending power. Sure. Now it's not a direct ratio like that because we do have the GDP and higher production. You know? Mm. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it's a, that's a basic way to explain it. Anytime they right. increase the money supply, especially when they're doing it above and beyond what our country is producing, you have inflation. And the real danger is like hyperinflation. Um, Post-World War II, Germany had hyperinflation uh, where you, there was a story of a lady carrying a basket of money to go buy some bread, just like a basket full of bills. I've and somebody dumped the money out and stole the basket. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying it would get to that degree that quickly here but mm-hmm. that is the danger. As you continue to inflate, you lessen people's net values and their savings and such.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it can damage the economy later in life. You know? So um, these are the dangers. I mean, that, that's a just broad picture of what inflation is. It's a devaluation of the dollar. And that's the real danger when they continue to overspend and overspend, especially on a massive scale, like a huge stimulus thing, because you see that incremental inflation shoot up mm-hmm. a lot quicker. And
1: there's people that's going to rush in to take advantage of when they witness this inflation.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, um, well, and on top of that, another thing, and um, this doesn't really have to do with debt. But if you look at the top 600 people in this country, while all the small people are really well, not all, but a lot of small people, lower middle class, uh, lower class are probably hurting the worst from all of this. Um, The top 600 earners in the country made an extra trillion dollars this year. That's how that works. Hundred of them. That's how that works. They made an extra trillion. I heard something that was saying that Bezos, um, the Amazon guy, sure, if he just if he he could give all of his employees in Amazon like a hundred and forty thousand dollar bonus just on what he's made since coronavirus hit America, amazing. So I mean, and I'm not I'm not putting down business. I am a businessman, you know. (laughs) Sure. but the wealth inequality there when you see the stock market rising while people are going hungry mm-hmm. it's strange if you're smart and you had some money set aside of course you'd take advantage of a stock market when it's low and that's what these wealthy people do but they continue to gain in wealth and and at the expense and they get bailouts that's the thing these people don't only just make money they get bailouts too big ones mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm not saying Bezos in particular. He's just making a lot of money because everybody was forced to shop online this year. But you know, you you look at some of these things and you see all these billionaires getting wealthier, and they're still getting bailouts and the defense contractors and these people over here. well, here's your six hundred bucks,
1: right? And and this is why um, we develop people like Bernie. They grow up out of the ground, just like a <laughs> like a tree. You know, they okay. just grow up right out of our ground, and 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 they wouldn't be. Had there not been some degree of uh, a necessity for them, they meet a need.
0: I mean, and and I believe we've said it on this podcast before, but that's what the Trump vote was. Everybody's mad at Washington. Here's a guy that's really mad at Washington and yelling at him for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. And unfortunately, and we're going to have to do an episode about this, but Washington's not changing. Trump's leaving and they're going straight back to where they were.
1: That's a great point. I think he made them angry for 4 years, but
0: <laughs> well yeah, I mean they I think in their minds they're just treating him like an anomaly or something. Uh it's just like oh this happened, so let, you know, soon as he let's get him out of the White House and then let's just go straight back to the little moderate place where we can make all these horrible right. regulations and do all of these things that nobody in America likes.
1: Back to status quo.
0: Yeah, the the things that all of the people on Capitol Hill actually do agree on are not mm-hmm. the ones that the American people like usually. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, obviously, because look who's going to be replacing Trump if, if he indeed is going to replace Trump. He didn't uh, take cues from
0: Trump's playbook. He, he is very status quo. And some people want to go back to that. I, and they I... want to go back to
1: that, uh, which is kind of <laughs> blows the mind, right? What I am hoping and, and have been hoping to see is that someone recognizes the value of
0: the Donald <laughs> there you go. Right? Well, I mean, they really should. I mean, even though they don't agree with him, I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about Republicans too. They can't stand the guy, you know, right. um, because he is a populist and they want to be, you know, their mm-hmm. quote unquote fiscal conservative selves, even though they haven't helped us with the fiscal bottom line ever, ever um but they they want to go back to that same rhetoric and um there's very few of them that are taking notes from it there are a couple i think i heard some stuff from marco rubio where he was Mm. saying hey we should pay attention you know people Mm. elected him for a reason and i agree that yeah they need to listen because if they don't then there will be more donalds yeah there will be more bernie's who did very early primary for the democrats
1: and, and I tend to think that they'll be more extreme than the the previous versions. The, the 2.0, the Bernie 2.0 and the Trump 2.0, they're going to be more radical.
0: I, I It's hard to imagine, but you're probably right.
1: Mm-hmm. Because we didn't listen the first
0: time. No, no. And they'll so, come back with a resounding voice. And yeah, I mean, politics need to shift. Um mm-hmm. And I know that they're probably going to shift away from what I would like to see, which is them actually handle this debt, yeah, yeah. but uh, actually do something about it instead of just saying deficit you know, for 63 straight years. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting if, if Biden gets up there and just plays status quo for four years, if he makes it through all four years, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not to say he would die. I, I just don't know about his mental capability for a full four sure. years. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, it it, people are going to be upset because they're going to see the exact same thing they've seen their entire lives. Right, right. Except now their nose has been stuck in it this year.
1: Right. Yep. Yep. And that's yeah, that makes it worse for them. Um, because people had a lot of hopes for another four years. For me, I was thinking, you know, I wasn't sure how this election was going to go. I was thinking, well, you know, Trump, I think is going to win. I think he's got this in the bag. But even with that thought, I, I was thinking to myself, okay, but what happens in 2024? You know, I was already looking ahead to 2024 because he sure he could have been he could be considered like a, sc- a stopgap um, and a, a change from the status quo, but he only has two terms, and yeah. so I was already thinking about I wonder how things would would how who would replace him. We tend to swing from one. Uh, side of the aisle to the other side of the aisle regardless of how long they stay whether they have one term or two terms and so I was just I'm very interested to see what the next phase is going to be this Biden presidency I'm (laughs) you know I'm I'm sorry I don't have a a lot of high hopes there for (laughs) um, unless there's some some amazing thing that happens in this cabinet and they you know provide some 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 insight and some wisdom which it's possible i don't just don't see it happening with you know another uh uh, well all of obama's you know former uh cabinet members back in back in office again but you know what i mean
0: you know i I do i do and it it is a very bleak outlook um you know, if, if Donald had gotten reelected, at least we knew it would have been interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's we same. could have looked forward to four more years of what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. What's he going to um, tweet What's he going to today? <laughs> but yeah. with Biden, it's just going to be like, you know, anybody who does like studying politics like me will be turning on the TV. Like, did he speak today? But anyway, that is what it is. All right, everybody. Well, I'm going to go back to being dead. Y'all stay sane. Y'all stay crazy.